Welcome back to Readers of Write. Are you sick of reading and writing the same tropes over and over and over again? Well, today we're going to talk about some alternatives for all the authors here and some great examples of these trope twists and different ways of writing these same tropes so that all of you readers who are sick of reading the same thing over and over again you'll be able to find some good stuff. So what exactly are tropes? Tropes are a pretty simple structure that authors use and uh, screenwriters and things like that use as well to convey a story. Oftentimes they are pretty common and actually help move the story forward. Uh, one of the most common one of these in fantasy is the chosen one. Uh, it's a trope that is used heavily, and we see everything from Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings. As of late, it's actually started to become a little overused and a little overzealous. So authors are starting to explore how to change that. There have been some stories like uh, The Art of Prophecy by Wesley Chu that subverts The Chosen One, where The Chosen One isn't actually The Chosen One. But we still see a lot of Chosen One stories coming, and it can get a little overwhelming. Uh, another common trope that we see a lot uh, in romance is forced proximity. This is extremely common in romance. It does create a very good story, but once again has become a little overbearing and extremely popular, but... Also, kind of frustrating because you know exactly where the story is going. Yes, I know some a lot of romance readers actually enjoy that. That is great. But there are a lot of different ways we can bend that as well. Uh, and one we see in science fiction a lot is the very unemotional, stoic ship captain. Uh, this became extremely popular when Star Trek became a thing uh, because of captain picard and we see that emulated throughout all of the other star treks as well as a lot of other science fiction series once again not a bad trope it's great to have that anchor in a lot of science fiction stories but what can we do about it instead what can we do to change it up why are tropes even important well, tropes are the essential building blocks of storytelling, especially in genre fiction, uh, because they help set expectations and fulfill expectations for the readers and help them continue to run with the story. But it's not always something that even needs to be there, but Nowadays, has actually become a big selling point as well. Uh, some tropes are extremely beloved, and people will actively search for stories based on these tropes. So, with all of this being said, if you want to write a, tr a trope into a story, there is nothing wrong with it. Please write that story. The most important thing is getting your story out there, whether you put tropes in it or you don't. You subvert the tropes, you change the tropes, you bend the tropes. Um, you do what I like to call genre bending, which is what we're going to talk about here in a minute. But there's a lot of these 
uh, tropes that can easily be subverted as well. One of these, uh, like I said, one of my favorite chosen one subversions is the Art of Prophecy. By Wesley Chu, you can kind of see it right over my shoulder. Um, but there are several other subversions of tropes that were fantastically done. And for some of this, I'm going to pull from TV and film because there's two examples that are spectacular. Uh, one of my favorites is Avatar The Last Airbender. You have a few subverted tropes. Yes, you have the chosen one. That is a standard trope. But you don't have the old wise mentor. And you don't have the big burly beefcake of a guy whose job is to protect the chosen one. You don't have your Aragorn per se. Technically, you kind of do later on. He turns into one. Uh, Sokka does. But in the beginning, he's not your Aragorn or Boromir character. He's not the one who's there to save the life of the Chosen One. You have a few different mentors, but both of those mentors are very young. Uh, one of my favorite examples is Toph, the blind girl who teaches and airbend. Or to, eh, not airbend. Earthbend. Um, excuse me. And she is the exact opposite of the old wise wizened mentor. And that for me is one of the best examples of tropes aversion that I have seen, period. It literally takes every bit of that stereotype or that trope and flips it on its head. Uh, it's not an old wizened male, it's a young, inexperienced girl. On top of that, she's blind. She's arrogant and she talks a lot instead of being a well-mannered, wise warrior or wizard or anything like that that is there to teach them and die. Another great example of combining and subverting tropes is Star Wars. My favorites are in the original series or in the original trilogy, so we will stick with those for now because they are very easy to spot and very easy to talk about. Luke is the chosen one. He is a standard chosen one trope. Uh, there are a few minor twists with his story that make him a little bit different than the chosen one because he's not really the chosen one. Uh, there's a lot of debate out of, over who actually is the chosen one in Star Wars, but he is the chosen one role. He is the chosen one trope, especially in episode four. His job is to go find and save the princess and save the world. You have Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is the old wise mentor. He fits that trope perfectly. Um, and he is what you expect with that. Now, next we have a few other genre tropes that are true about fantasy, but once again, this is a science fiction series. So we're taking fantasy tropes and sticking them in science fiction. Uh, you have Han, who's the reluctant hero. Another pretty common trope in fantasy, not really seen in science fiction. Uh, you do see a few of these reluctant characters, 
Um, you see it with Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. But the reluctant hero isn't typically your sci-fi protagonist or your sci or one of your main characters in a science fiction story. Typically, your main characters are all duty-bound and driven. You're not going to get the reluctant scoundrel or the reluctant person who want, doesn't want to participate. You do get that with Han Solo. Next, you actually get a romance trope with some of these characters. With Han and Leia. Han and Leia are put in a forced proximity relationship throughout the first two movies. And it grows into a budding relationship and a marriage, if you include some of the books that have come since then. I actually don't know if I own that book yet. Nope, just, oh, yeah, I do. Uh, the Princess and the Scoundrel. Great book. But you do have that forced proximity, which is a strong romance trope that George Lucas has brought into the story. And now you actually have a couple of subversions as well. You have a subversion with Leia. She is not the damsel in distress. The damsel in distress is a very typical fantasy trope that is often paired with the chosen one. Now, having Leia not be that at all is a very good subversion of the damsel in distress. Well, technically, she kind of falls in that category because they have to save her. She's the one who escapes. She's the one who actually basically makes the escape really happen instead of what Han and Luke actually had planned and pulls off most of it. She's the driving force behind the trio. The next version is a less obvious one. The typical trope for the big bad evil guy is to be present throughout the series and to actually be a major role player in everything that's happening. In the original series, the technical big bad evil guy is the emperor. But he does not actually meet that. The big bad evil guy is framed in episodes four and five is Darth Vader. And he's the one who they're actively fighting against. So it's a partial subversion of that trope as well. So what are we talking about when it comes to genre-bending tropes? Genre-bending tropes are actually some examples I already gave, where you take a trope from one very disparate genre and insert it into another one. So what kind of stuff are we talking about with it? What, what are some good examples of it? A few of these I'm going to have story examples for, a few I'm not. So stick with me. I'm going to go through the ones that I don't have good examples for, uh, mostly because I don't read those genres as much, but could be interesting stories. So like usual with writing tips or minor story suggestions, I do not claim these. If these inspire a story, please write them. If you write it, let me know in the comments below. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you do, ring that little bell so that you get notified anytime we have some new stuff coming up. We have a lot of really cool ideas and topics we're going to be discussing over the next couple of weeks. So one of my favorites that I would really love to see in romance um, is a chosen one trope. We don't see this 
in romance very often. Um, the only one I can think of that even kind of comes close to a chosen run trope um, would be the Twilight series. Bella is kind of the chosen one. Um, she brings unity and hope to them for the first time. So it's kind of a chosen one. Uh, it'd be a little bit of a stretch to call it a, a true chosen one, but putting a chosen one plot arc in a romance novel could be fascinating. Um, and I would love to read it. So if you're aware of these, like I said, please let me know in the comments below. Um, I would love to read any of these genre bending stories. Um, you could also do a forced, uh, forced proximity situation in fantasy. Now, forced proximity does not have to be romantic. It can lead to a friendship. One that came to mind while I was thinking about this is actually Gandalf and Pippin. Like I said, not romantic, but it goes from them hating each other to basically a bromance. And it's really interesting to see how that relationship develops from the brilliant, all-powerful wizard and probably the least useful character in the entire fellowship to becoming a companionship that actually saves a lot of Gondor because both of them were there. And I would love to see more of this. It's a, a bending trope that I think is fantastic. Forced proximity for two characters that do not get along is a great way to create unique and interesting relationships that would not have happened without that forced proximity. Next, one of the ones that I really like as well um, in fantasy is the Venturing Troop or the Fellowship. Um, it's often inspired by Lord of the Rings. A group of friends or colleagues or heroes get together to go off and do something big. Now, let's take this and tie it to science fiction. Um, you get it in a couple different places that are actually two of my favorite science fiction series of all time. You get it in Ender's Game. Although it starts with the school and kind of develops from there. Um, and by the end of the series, they are a group of specialized people going to do a specialized task. The next is actually one of my more recent favorites. Um, it's Expeditionary Force by Craig Allenson. The group is literally called the Merry Band of Pirates, and they're off saving the universe without people knowing. It is a spectacular series. It's a long series, but it is a spectacular series. Uh, it's actually one of the series that I recommend heavily in audiobook as well. Um, R.C. Bray does a fantastic job in that audiobook. And while I love it in print, I actually love reading that series through audiobooks because you get an entire experience out of it. So here's just some examples of some really cool genre bending that is done by a lot of different authors. And in some cases, TV and film, uh, we are seeing a lot more of this, but it's an easy way to take your story to the next level and create expectations for your readers without creating too obvious of an expectation for your readers. So if you like this, don't forget to like and subscribe and stay tuned for more stuff coming. We've got a lot of really cool topics to cover and I'll see you next week.